not going to lie, because <clears throat> I try my best not to because I'm in church. I'm going to make this quick because I'm really hot. Amen? Somebody said amen too hard. I want to, um, I want to first thank God. I want to first thank God right now because I had a fantastic time yesterday. Amen? For all the men who came out to that, to that bachelor party, I was really excited. We had a good time. We hung out late. Had good Christian fun. I did have my, my coconut bra on. Don't judge me. Check Facebook, Twitter. It's all over there. They put it on. They didn't. And my skirt, but it's all right. Real men wear skirts, and I don't care. Amen? I want to bring to you a simple, simple message. Is that all right? Proverbs chapter 14, the 13th verse that I'm reading today from the, the Living Bible translation of the Word of God. And I will be out of your way by 1225. Somebody say amen. amen. <clears throat> Proverbs, the 14th chapter, the 13th verse from the Living Bible translation. Laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. When the laughter ends, the grief remains. Somebody say this. Laughter cannot mask my heavy heart for when the laughter ends the grief remains tell somebody next to you there's still hurt behind my smile <clears throat> you know I was prayer I was in prayer much of the week and I I was wanting to preach some different type of message but I, I just felt the Holy Spirit really guiding me to talk about somebody who's hurting in this place today amen too many people today have become masters of hiding their emotions. We have become masters of misguiding people in how we truly are feeling in our lives. We smile when in fact we feel like crying. We laugh when we feel like simply crumbling apart. So many times people think you have it all together. Every time they come into your presence, you just, you got it all together, but they don't realize you're just still putting the pieces back together that all fell apart in your life. So many times you, you put this facade on. We put on this front. Somebody say amen. In reality, we act as if some of us are on fire for God, but your flame is truly a spark. You haven't been crying out to God. You've been crying to your pillow at night. The only conversation many of us have with God on a weekly basis is centered on one word. Can I tell you what it is? Why? I wish somebody would just be honest today. I wish some of you would let your hair down today, so to speak, that you would realize that, that many times during the week you have grief in your heart. You have heaviness in your heart. That you have, a, you have moments where you just don't understand why certain things have to happen. You don't understand why certain things did happen. Amen? Am I talking to anybody today? It's, it's funny because you can tell when somebody's serious and when someone's not. When you're talking to someone, you can always judge their, their mentality, their place of mind, their emotional state. Even, even via a text message, just because you put LOL at the end of something, don't make it funny. And we try to hide everything and how we feel. We've become masters of hiding how we feel. It, it, I, you have to understand things like Twitter and Facebook and text messaging and emailing, they've taken out the necessity of personal contact. And we're able to hide behind that facade of emotion because you don't want to tell somebody face to face that everything's all right because you just might fall apart. But you can text them and lie all day long and it won't make a difference. 
You laugh and joke, and many of us sometimes are the center of attention in the room. I tell you, sometimes the loudest people are hurting the most. Myself included, because I can be loud. We desire to draw attention away from ourselves, because if someone sees the crack in our armor, we will unravel. The Bible says that laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. How many of you know you've tried? How many of us today have spent many days pretending to be all right when in reality you're the furthest thing from happy? If it wasn't loneliness, it might be depression. It might be stress. And the enemy would try to capture your mind in any way he could just to occupy your thoughts and to occupy your heart with things that brought you just depression. As a pastor, I deal with much of this. I deal with much anxiety. I deal with much stress. And I I feel it all the time. If I can just be honest, many times as leadership in a church, the same people that bless you will be the same ones that curse you. One day I'm the flavor of the month, the next day I cause your tummy ache. And as people, we all deal with fickle people in life. We all deal with people who are just double-minded. and We deal with people who can never make up their mind whether they love you or not. And they cause you hurt, they cause you pain. When I, when I first took over the church I, I in the beginning all I could do was hide it I hid it in my heart so deep but yet how many of you know no matter how deep you hide your hurt it's still there I know many of us here today we spend those moments of frustration and we 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 aren't trying to be brats we're not trying to be antisocial but we're truly just sad and the word of God tells me that that laughter cannot hide a heavy heart Countless nights, I couldn't be alone, but I spent contemplating things. I I spent countless nights dealing with depression. I spent countless nights dealing with stress. I spent countless nights dealing with just the anxieties of life. Am Am I alone in this? Anybody ever just laid down and thought about your whole life and wondered why it was the way it was? Why couldn't you ever seem to get ahead? Why couldn't people love you the way you desired to be loved? Why were you always being so hurt? Why were you always being so rejected? Why were you always cheated on? Why were you always treated like garbage and always finding yourself in the arms of the people who hurt you the most? Lowering our value for ourselves. As a pastor, I experienced this many times. I would come to church with smile, laughing, jokes, and comedy, but my heart was heavier than a 10-pound bucket of rocks. Many times we would, we would try not to go into a social setting just to hide how we truly feel. Somebody say amen. I know that many of us here today have experienced this, and, and maybe right now you don't want to be so vocal as you were last Sunday with your amens because somebody might see that you are actually going through stuff beyond your circumstance. You're going through things beyond your control. And the worst thing is the things that are beyond your control. One day I walked into that church hallway and there was a little plaque that used to be there. I gave it away to somebody as an encouragement. And it said right there, Jesus. I had a picture of Jesus and, a, and him carrying some type of burden. And it said, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. I said amen at first and I thought about it. I said, I've been coming to you for a long time. I wish you would be honest today. Don't be so super saved and realize that sometimes you feel as if God don't care. God don't love you. He's not trying to ease your burden. Somebody confirmed it last night. They told me, I feel like giving up on praying because nothing seems to happen. How many of you feel on a weekly basis like God is forgetting about you? Amen. Got some honest folks today. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, it says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, you would think that you're supposed to be encouraged by reading the word of God. Amen. I read that and I got upset. Is anybody with me? If his yoke is so easy and his burden is so light, why is my heart so heavy? If his yoke is so easy, if his burden is so light, why are we always struggling? Oh, nobody's struggling today. It's just me. If his yoke is so easy, his burden is so light. Then how come some days I feel like I can't take another step? Sometimes I don't even want to leave my house. And I feel the, 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 the stress of life all over me. I love God and I want God in my life. But why is my heart so heavy? Why do things get worse when I took on your lighter burden, Lord? Why do I feel so much worse when I gave my life to God? Why do things seem to get so much more difficult? And I realize that, that the enemy, sin has a way of, of, of puffing itself up and, and showing me what I cannot do rather than what I can do. And I would look at the world and I would, I would look at all the things that I could no longer do instead of realizing what I could do. I think of Adam and Eve and I told you before how amazing it was. They had one thing they could not do. Don't eat from that tree. They had no idea what cursing was. They couldn't cheat on each other. Somebody say amen. They couldn't just sleep around or something. They couldn't do anything like that. They had one rule. Don't eat from that tree. Daily, I am encompassed by millions of things that I cannot do, that you cannot do. We're facing things that people in our lifetime have never faced. Somebody say amen. Some days, if you feel like giving up on this Christian walk, somebody say amen. Jesus said, come unto me, all who are weary, all of those who are heavy laden, those who labor hard, and I will give you rest. He tells them that by coming to him and embracing him and his love, they would be freed. There's another dynamic to this. He's talking to the Jewish people who are encompassed by the, the, the religious system of the time, and it's called the Pharisees, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and these different types of people. It's kind of like Republicans and Democrats. And, and what happened was they had all these rules and regulations. And he said, come to me. Come to me. My law is love. Embrace this religion. It's not about what you cannot do. It's about falling so deep in love with Christ that you won't care what you can't do. You know, I realized that in just two weeks, um, almost two weeks, a little less than two weeks, I'll be getting married. And I realized something that that there was old things that I would, you know, I would make fun of people. I know when Emma got married, when Des got married, my brother got married. I'm, oh, you're on lockdown now. You can't come out and play no more. You can't do nothing. I have to sign a waiver for your wife to get you out the house and this and that. And, you know, I realized that I don't want to go out with y'all now either. I'm getting ready to stay home with my wife. Because when you fall so deep in love with somebody, there's something you just don't care to do anymore. I was talking to the men last night. I look back at my old life and I laugh at what I did, but I don't want to go back to what I was doing. I wasn't an evil, evil person. I was, just wasn't living the regular sinner life. There's a, there's a regular sinner life and there's that real sinner life. Come on, throw that out there. There's that regular sinner life and there's that sinner life that you deserve. I'm just kidding, but you get what I'm saying. I would just do my thing, do me, but I don't desire to go back to that. Why? Because I fell in love with Christ. 
He said, come to me and I will give you rest. I remember there was one day in my life I was going through a specific situation before my father passed away. And to me at that point, it was the worst thing in my life. And, and I was going through a tough time and I was still, I was still working in Fairfield. And I was just so broken up about something. And I came here on a Sunday morning because I couldn't sleep. And I remember Sister Yvonne came in here with me. She probably doesn't remember. And I was crying out to God right there in that altar right there. We had first built this altar. The place wasn't even done. And I said to God, I need you to take this burden off my chest. Anybody ever ask God to take that burden off your chest? And the moment I stood up, that was the first time God was on like super fast mode for me. Because I never longed for that thing again. And it was at that moment in my life that I realized I can come to God with about anything. Because, you know, if I told you what it was, you would think that it wasn't nothing big. But sometimes what's big to you is not big to me. Everybody knows somebody who something as small is just the hugest thing in the world to them. And it was one of those situations and I came to God and I said, God, I need you to take this from me. And this verse rang true in my life. And, and as I walked out that day, I was so depressed. And I said, how can his yoke be easy? His burden is light. And I've taken on this Christian walk and it seems to get so much harder. But he said, come to me, all who are weary. You know what weary means in Greek? It doesn't mean tired. Weary means when you lose the joy for the things you once loved. Mm. I talked to about five people this week. And they said, sometimes I just feel like coming to church because I'm obligated. I just, I just, they don't know how to explain that. They don't want to say it because I'm the pastor. They don't want to say, pastor, I lost that joy for Christ. Pastor, I lost that joy for God. Anybody ever thought to yourself, I have to go to church? Come on, be honest. You're growing weary in your spirit. In Greek, it just means to lose the joy. To lose the joy for the things that you once loved. He says, come to me, all who are weary, all of you who are sad, who have lost your joy. Maybe you're not sad in every area of your life, but you don't have that same joy for God like you once had. He said, you come to me. You who are weary about serving a God who created the universe, who laid down the foundations of the earth with, the, with just his voice, who, who carved out the oceans with just his voice, who raised the mountains with just his voice. You who, who have forgotten this great mighty creator. You, if you're tired, come here and I will give you rest. He tells them to come to him, believe in him, and trust him. Not only for salvation, but for joy. And he would give them rest. In the Greek, this word rest alludes to this restless thinking. Somebody say amen. You, you think too much. This endless thought process of stress and depression. This endless thought process of darkness is what it means in Greek. This endless thought process of always struggling. I give you rest from that. Rest from this religious world. Rest from the regulations of a man-made relationship with God. Of what you can and cannot do. What you can and cannot wear. In those days, people were so confused. They, the Pharisees had a million rules. And the people would simply grow tired of coming to the synagogues and, and trying to worship with all the rules. Does anybody here get tired of feeling like you can't do anything right? You ever get tired of feeling like you can never get ahead? You can never feel like God is on your side? He said, come to me. Look to your neighbor and just say, go to him. I said it so many times that when you find love, things change. And you're willing to change for it. Christ, in that passage, is explaining that very thing. Rest your mind and your heart and your spirit in him. Matthew 29, he says this, take upon my yoke. And learn from me, 
For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He says, take on my yoke. This yoke, this yoke. Take on my yoke. All virtue and religion imply restraint. He says, take on my yoke. In case you don't know what a yoke is, a yoke is, is what they put on a cow, a bull. I said to one kid, you know what a yoke is? He's like, yes, it's an egg. I've been talking to him about God for about 10 minutes. And I said, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And after a while, I said, do you know what a yoke is? Like, yeah, the egg. But Jesus is not talking about taking his eggs. He says, take my yoke. He wants his eggs, trust me. I think he likes them sunny side up. He, he said, take this yoke. And a yoke is what they put around the neck of a cow when they're tilling the ground, when they're doing some agricultural things. And, and what, he, what he means is, take on my burden. I'll direct you. I'll guide you. Oh, that's good. That's a place to say amen. He's saying, take on my, my direction because I will lead you and guide you in the right way. But there's something, there's something awesome about this yoke that really, that really stirred up my heart. And I was so upset reading this verse. What do you mean your yoke is easy? It's so hard. I realized that they never really have a single yoke. A yoke is always for two oxen. And I realize if I'm on this side, it's got to be Christ on the other side. If this is me and I'm trying to do this, he says, no, 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 walk with me. You see, the yoke, would, would, it, would, it would go upon their necks. It would keep these cows from walking ahead of each other. It would keep them in, and keep them in perfect order and perfect peace. And, and it would control them in one area. It would keep them from straying apart. Oh my God, I realize that Christ is telling me, take on my yoke. Not that it wouldn't hurt my shoulders. He didn't say there was no burden. He said it would be light. The Bible says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He didn't say there would be no weapons. Weapons will form against me. People will talk about you. They will judge you. The world will hate you. Jesus said the world will hate you for my name's sake. He said, but my burden will be light. There will be a burden. Amen. We come into this expecting that God will not have a burden, like as if we're going to be all right. But he says, no, 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 no. Take on my burden. His yoke is easy. His yoke is easy. Somebody say, his yoke is easy. I thought so hard about this, and I thought his yoke is easy. If, if there's nobody on the other side, it's got to be God. I found so much comfort and so much peace. I want to come today just to encourage you. I don't want to whip you into a frenzy and have you all excited about a sermon you're going to forget five minutes after you walk out. But that I want you to realize that when life gets hard, Jesus is right there with you. As we've heard it said many times, sometimes it feels as if, as if God is nowhere to be found. As if God doesn't care about your situation. And we've heard it said, I've heard it said many times. That when you're in school and you take a test, you can't just sit there and say, hey, teacher. Question number 32, multiple choice. Come on, give me a clue. Unless you go to Vasic. That's what I did on my final. I just want to throw it out there. Most of the time, you don't know an answer. You look up frantically, like if, as if looking around will give you the answer. It's the same thing with God. He prepares you, and then he tests you. And sometimes, you don't hear God talking to you. He's waiting for you to finish that test, and then he'll correct you. 
Somebody say amen. amen. You are never alone. Sometimes my teacher, when I was in school, they would just take every five, ten minutes and walk around. Let you know they're watching you. Those are days in my life when I don't know what's going on, but I feel the presence of God just come into my life. You know, I had quite the week this week. I, I spent the week with T.D. Jakes in my car. I would drive everywhere I could just to listen. I, I had my iPad attached to one of those radio receiver things, and I was listening to sermons. And It was uh, Wednesday morning, uh, about 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm, walk, I'm driving up to, uh, to West Haven to the wedding hall, and I, I'm listening to T.D. Jakes, and he has me stomping a hole in my car because he's preaching the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just came into my car. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you better pray you do know what I'm talking about. Because one of those days, you want to have those God experiences. And I was started crying. I was just, I don't, I'm not a crier. I don't like crying. And I'm just like, this ain't God. This, it's not, this is not God. But God started dealing with, with little things in my life. And he began to tell me, I'm here with you. You don't have to face this alone. I'm here with you. You can laugh all you want. You can joke all you want. But God knows my heart better than anybody. And he says, all that pain, all that hurt. I see it. I see it. When other people don't see what you're going through, God sees what you're going through. I remember when I first became a pastor, I, had, I was living at my father's house and, and he had just passed away. And I was going through just a bout of depression and and then I lost my job, and then, and then the, the furnace of the house broke for the entire winter. I spent it uh, just sleeping in the cold, taking cold showers, or, or going to somebody's house, and I was so just broken. And I said, God, are things supposed to get better? I'm actually the pastor, and things got worse for me, and I would go to church every day with a smile on my face. And I'm not saying that I was being fake, and I wasn't being super faithful and holy and just hyper-faith that God's going to fix it up, but I was broken inside. But how many times do we come to church like that? Hurting and we think we have to just put that smile on. For those of you who are married, you were just yelling with your wife in the car, screaming, cursing probably. Yelling at home, throwing stuff around. All the married folks starting to look at each other now. Did he hear us? And you come into church, God bless you. And we put this facade. I never understood how my mother can go from yelling at me, screaming at me, cussing at me, beating me. The phone rings, Hello? I'm sitting there crying in the background. She's muffling my mouth. Shut up, shut up, kid. Puerto Ricans know what I'm talking about. She's just, you know, just hello. And giving you the evil eye at the same time. I remember in church and I was a kid, I would act up. I was rambunctious and from the altar, the evil eye. Did you get what I'm saying today? Are they picking up what I'm talking about? You come to church when things just get bad. You come to church when, when, when you're hurting and, and you're all messed up inside and you put this smile on. Do you not know that it's okay to tell people you're hurting? You know, I read a verse that really encouraged me. Psalms 23, most of you have heard it. David's going through some tough stuff in life. And he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I realized something. He said, yea, though I walk through 
It's like it's just a drive-by. I'm walking through it. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay in this depression. I'm not going to stay. You don't have to stay in that stress. You don't have to stay in that hurt. You don't have to stay in that pain. He said, yay, though I walk through. I'm, I'm just passing through. I'm not here to stay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, things seem to die all around me. Whether it's my finances, whether it's my family, I'm losing people. Whatever it is, I'm facing tough stuff. But I'm just walking through. Maybe your marriage is in trouble. Maybe your kids are acting up. I'm just walking through this parable. This too shall pass. Somebody say amen. You know, I faced my father's passing. I faced some of the toughest things that life could possibly throw at you. But I realized I was just walking through. I wasn't staying. Just a visitor. For strength was around the corner. Yes, days come where the hurt of your things that you're going through are just too much to bear. You know, I called my sister last night. And I was saying, you know, I've been thinking more and more about dad than I ever have as the wedding approaches. And, and we had a conversation of how we don't address the issues in our life according to how to mourn with somebody. And you realize that, that sometimes you put things to the side, but there's days where you're reminded of the hurt you're going through. Those days, tell yourself, I'm just passing through. Whether your trouble is marital, emotional, spiritual, addiction, situational. Tell somebody next to you, I'm just passing through. Every time you feel afraid as if you can't make it, as if it's too hard, and maybe you're feeling weak, Isaiah 41.10, I give you this verse, right if you're taking notes, Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isn't that awesome? No matter what I'm facing, no matter what you're going through, God says, I will hold you together. Leave it to me and I will cover you. Isaiah 61.3, Pastor Carmen reminded me of this verse just the other day. To appoint upon them that mourn in Zion, to give them unto them beauty for ashes, oil for joy for mourning. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You ever feel like you just got a heavy heart? Just give God a praise. Someone at your job upset you and you're all stressed out to say, I love you, God. Give them a praise and just tell them, God, you're too good in my life. The Bible says when the praises go up, the blessings come down. You have to not take on this spirit of heaviness. And I'll close with this. In that scripture, the word heaviness in Hebrew, in the original Aramaic text, it's speaking of a cloud. It speaks of the effect of a plague. Maybe the dimness of the eyes in old age. It talks about a fire that goes out. It still has smoke, but it's been extinguished. It talks about a heavy spirit. That word darkness and heaviness has multiple meanings to it. In the end, it means one thing though. When something inside of you is dying. I've told you so many times. The sad thing is not when you die. It's what dies in you while you're still alive. Dreams, visions, hopes. And I would declare to you today that it's time you overthrew that spirit of heaviness. Give God some praise in your life. You should wrestle your blessings down like Jacob did. Pray them through like Jesus did. The story is full of, the, 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 rather the Bible is full of stories of people who overcame 
by praise, by loving God, by giving God their best. I came to tell you today one thing. You are not alone in the struggles you face. You're not alone in feeling heavy-hearted. And, and so many times you come to church and, and you say, oh, that's a good message. I know who that can go to. No, no, no. This one's for you. Don't give this to nobody else. But it's for yourself that when you feel heavy-hearted, understand that you need to overthrow the spirit of heaviness by one you recognize it two don't believe anything it tells you three put on that garment of praise and understand that god will set you free it's about time that you truly 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 were not sad in your life at some point you must grow tired of being sad of being tired, of being hurt, of being disappointed. And I will tell you today, David said it best. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, Lord, they comfort me. They comfort me, Lord. Laughter cannot hide your heavy heart. In the end, someone's going to see when you're upset. And the plan of the enemy is to make you feel as if you're the only one going through some depressing stuff in life. But I would challenge you today, there's not one person in this room, whether young, whether old, who does not have some level of stress, anxiety, and depression resting upon their heart for something or someone or some situation. Tell the person next to you, this too shall pass. Come on, tell them with all your heart like you mean it. No matter what you're going to tell them, this too shall pass. Come on, stand with me right now. Come on, somebody just give God some praise as we go forward in a prayer right now. I'm not trying to get so deep on you today, but I would just ask you that you would hear the word of the Lord and the, that comes forth today, that you would say, I'm not going to let this thing get me. I'm not going to let this thing defeat me. But I'm going to truly let God have his way in my heart. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to ask you to the front. But if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, I want to pray together with you. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you guys all in the back. I see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. If you're saying, I have some things in my heart. Come on. With every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's looking at you. That if you would just say, Pastor, I have some things in my heart, in my life. Everything isn't the way I want it to be, the way it should be. And sometimes I just don't know what to do, where to go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, somebody just say, praise God. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Come on, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to give you my heart and everything inside of it. Take this hurt and take this pain. I want to take your burden, your yoke. I know you're with me. You'll never let me go. You said it. And I know nothing is impossible for you. Help me. Stir up this fire in my life. Just help me. Stir up this passion in my heart. So that I can be whatever it is you desire of me. Take total control. I've done it on my own. And I've been making a mess. 
And I say this with all my heart, that I need you to ease my spirit. Come on, just lift your hands right now if that's you. If you pray with me, just lift your hands and just, just thank him right now. Just say, God, I thank you for, I know you heard my prayer. I know you heard my heart. I know you heard my concerns, God. We give you honor right now. We give you praise, God. We thank you, Lord. You're truly an awesome God, and you, you've given us everything we could ask for in life. You've given many of us families, jobs, cars, money, God. And we thank you, Lord. You're going to give us true happiness, God, because those things do not come through material, but through spiritual, God. Spiritual freedom, God. We rebuke every issue of anxiety, every spirit of stress and depression. We come against it right now in the name of Jesus. And we believe right now, God, that you are not a man that you will lie. And that your word says that we should come together and we should ask for it, God. And you shall give it to us. And right now we speak freedom in our hearts. Freedom in our minds. Freedom in our homes, and our families, our marriages. We speak that freedom, God. For it is not your desire that I should be in defeat for one split second, God. And so I turn it over to you. I turn over the heaviness, the brokenness, the hurt. And I give you total control. Come on, the church say amen. Come on, greet somebody.